sincerely grateful to be with all of you in Sri Vrindavan Tam in the month of Karatik. By the mercy of Srila Prabhupada and our beloved worshipable Acharyas, Vrindavan is explained by Srila Prabhupada. It is approximately 90 miles southeast of Delhi. But for those who have been blessed with Sri Radharani, Sri Krishna's grace. Understand that this Vrindavan, Bhoma Vrindavan, in this world is identical to Goloka the Vrindavan in this spiritual world. Eternally existing, resplendent with the highest, sweetest exchanges of divine love. Krishna descends into this world and when he comes, he brings his loving associates and brings his own abode to perform his leelas. Aritranaya sadhunam vinashaya chaduskritam dharma samstapanaradaya sambhavami shukhe shukhe. Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita that he comes to this world to annihilate the demons, to protect, give pleasure to his devotees, and to reestablish the principles of Dharma. Yesterday, we discussed the beautiful pastime of Krishna who was stealing the butter from the gopis and how Yashoda Mai, out of her motherly affection for Krishna, did everything to make him happy. The soul naturally loves Krishna. But being infinitesimal jivas, part and parcel of Krishna, it is possible for that love to be covered. And we try to replace 
the happiness of that love through the fulfillment of our selfish desires. In such a state, we're given material bodies with material identities. And when we consider ourselves to be these bodies, to be the designations of this body, and we want to be the controller, the proprietor, the enjoyer, we are under the influence of ahankar, or the false ego. Krishna's love for us is never covered. Krishna is the supreme controller of all energies. Mayadhyakshena prakriti suyate sacharachara. And that is why Krishna tells if we just take shelter of him. By his grace, he could lift us above all the influences of maya, of illusion, of ignorance, of egoism and selfishness. Krishna forever sees us for who we truly are. He sees us as his intimate, loving servants. But due to the influence of this false ego, we forget. And in this forgetful state, we ignore Krishna, we neglect Krishna. We even compete with Krishna, knowingly or unknowingly. And in this world of forgetfulness, there are certain characteristics that perpetuate our bondage, especially envy. Srila Prabhupada tells that in this world, a foundational principle is envy. And the lesson of so many of the great scriptures we read show us how terrible that characteristic can be. In Mahabharata, so much of the story is Duryodhana's envy of Yudhisthira and the Pandavas. Yudhisthira loved Duryodhana. He was a well-wisher of Duryodhana. He was happy to share everything with Duryodhana. But because Yudhisthira was loved by everyone, and because actually he was the rightful heir to the throne, Duryodhana envied him. 
and he envied Bhima and Arjuna. And this entire battle of Kurukshetra was so much a time of tragedy, death, sorrow. Was it based on envy? And Krishna, he staged it in such a way that we could see. Do we want to follow Yudhisthira or do we want to follow Duryodhana? We have those tendencies in our hearts. In the Ramayan, Ravana was envious of Ram. He couldn't tolerate Sita, something that he wanted being possessed by someone else. Similar to Duryodhana, he could not tolerate the kingdom that he wanted potentially being possessed by someone else. And in both of these situations, Ravana, Duryodhana, in the Srimad Bhagavatam Hiranyakashipu, they appeared to be very successful for apparently a very long time. But that does not make does not make them right. Who is victorious in a worldly sense does not make them right. In due course of time, everything and everyone is annihilated except the eternal soul. And those souls that live without envy could live with Krishna. In fact, Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna, you can understand the teachings because you have no envy and because you are my friend. And similarly, Sukadev Goswami tells Parikshit, you could understand these teachings because you don't have envy. So by Krishna, by the Acharya's definition, what is actually the qualification to understand? It's not just some karmic intellectual capacity to memorize or to speak. It's to be without envy, to be eager to hear, eager to chant, eager to serve. But we can't really have that eagerness to please Krishna if we're envious. And Srila Prabhupada tells that to be envy of any person in this world 
is just a reflection of envy toward God, toward Krishna. And ahankar, false ego, and envy are very connected to each other. In fact, they're inseparable. So we heard yesterday such a sweet story of little baby Krishna. He's just started to walk not long before. And he's running around stealing butter from gopis. And gopis are complaining against him. And they're only complaining as an excuse to chant his pastimes, to chant his glories, to remember him. It was a, a way of absorbing themselves in kirtan. Complain kirtan. There's nam kirtan, lila kirtan. This is lila kirtan in a mood of complaining. But it's with pure love. Actually, all they want to do is give Krishna everything. And we learn that the perfection of life, the essence of dharma, is when Krishna steals our hearts. Param dristva nivartate. Vishaya venivartante niraharasya dehina rasa varadramarasopyasya param dristvanivartat. It's very difficult to give up the things that attract us in this world. And there are so many. And in different stages of life, they come in different ways. The attractive power of Maya, Kamadev, is quite irresistible. But Krishna tells that if we become attracted to him, if we experience that higher taste, the natural attraction of the soul for Krishna's beauty, Krishna's beauty is the source of all beauty. It's the essence of all beauty. Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, whatever wonderful things, whatever beautiful things, whatever splendid things in this world, and all of it put together is hardly a single spark of his glory. We see the sun. How many rays are emanating from the sun? All the beauty, all the glory, all the wealth, all the fame, all the, the, the pleasures of this world are not even a fraction of a single ray of the son of Krishna. That is why Sri Rupa Goswami warns he's speaking the words of a gopi that if you are attached 
to your body and to your family and to your wealth and to all of your possessions and all of your pleasures in life. Do not go to Keshigatan Bank of Yamuna because there Govinda is standing playing upon his flute. And when you see Krishna, when he steals your heart, then param drisvani vartate, anandam buddhivardhana. Then you experience an ecstasy, a happiness that is the very source of all happiness and the, the, the joy that we are forever seeking in its fullness. And Krishna's beauty, it's ever increasing. And when our love awakens for Krishna, that love is ever increasing. Forever. So Krishna sees that potential in all of us. And that is why he descends into this world again and again and again to give us the opportunity. He does not interfere with our independence because love is based on free will. But he performs such beautiful pastimes, he gives such clear teachings, and he speaks principles of dharma in all religions throughout the world, throughout history. And he gives us the, the all-inclusive encyclopedia of spiritual wisdom, the Vedas. And his own literary incarnation, Vyastev, compiles it. And then he appears in so many wonderful incarnations according to time, according to place, according to circumstance, eternal forms that descend from the spiritual world to help us in this world and to attract our hearts. And as Govinda, he descends once in a day of Brahma, to perform his pastimes of Vrindavan and brings Vrindavan with him. And from a, from a external perspective, he's here for some years and then he goes to Mathura, to Dwaraka, and then back to Goloka, the spiritual world. But actually, he never leaves Vrindavan. Vrindavan is his eternal abode within this world. It's never destroyed. And Krishna's Leela is forever being enacted here. But it's only revealed to those who Krishna chooses to reveal it to. And Krishna chooses to reveal his love, his pastimes, and the happiness of the soul to those whose hearts he steals. So what is the process 
of preparing our heart so Krishna wants to steal it. The process is bhakti. Krishna says, it's only by bhakti that you can know, understand me as I am. Because through bhakti, our hearts become soft and sweet as freshly churned butter, and then Krishna will happily steal our hearts. And then we understand what is the true perfection for all time to come. So Krishna was stealing gopis butter. Actually, he was stealing their hearts. But in such a playful, wonderful way. Not only was it so blissful for the gopis, but anyone who hears these stories with faith and with devotion from proper sources, gradually our hearts become soft and Krishna steals. At the same time, as this sweet story of how Yashoda Mai is binding Krishna with a rope with the rope of her love. Krishna showing the world how he's controlled by the love of his devotee. It's intermixed with the story of Nala Kuvera and Mani Griva. Because they were devatas. They were very powerful, important people in the heavenly worlds. But they fell victim to false pride. And due to that false pride, everything was ruined. What to speak of recognizing who they were. They were mad after sensual enjoyment, mad after power and wealth. So much so, that they couldn't recognize a well-wisher like Narada Muni. They ignored him. They neglected him. They disrespected him because they were so infatuated. But Krishna liberated them from that. There was some pain they had to stand for a long, long time in the body of trees. But little by little, Nanda Maharaj, Parjanya, they built a house there. <laughs> then they moved there. And these trees are just standing, watching. Can you imagine? They had the same consciousness as demigods who could fly anywhere they want in the universe but they had the bodies of trees. How painful that must be. But gradually,
Krishna stole their hearts. So today we are celebrating Govardhan Puja, which in a similar way, it's a lila that simultaneously combines the sweet nectar of the loving rasas of Krishna with his devotees and how Krishna is controlled by the love of his devotees and the devotees are controlled by the love of Krishna and how intimate Vrindavan is in that love, supremely intimate. Along with the crushing of the pride of Indra. And just that these very important stories are connected in this way shows us the importance of giving up our false pride. We hear it. We think we know it. Sometimes we're even tired of hearing it. But we don't really understand it. Trinada pisuni chena taror ivasihishnana amani namanatena kirtaniya sadahari. This verse, a prayer of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be more humble than a blade of grass, more tolerant, forgiving, patient than a tree. eager to offer respect to others and giving up the inclination or the demand for respect for oneself. When we take these qualities serious and cultivate them and pray to Krishna with all our hearts to help us to imbibe these qualities, Kirtaniya Sadahari. Then Krishna steals our hearts. And when Krishna steals our hearts, Namachintamani Krishna's Chaitanya Rasvika. Krishna is not different than his name. Nam Nama Kari Bahuta Nija Sarva Shaktish. All of his power, all of his sweetness, all of his beauty are within his name. <coughs> When we chant Krishna's name in such a way that Krishna's pleased, we, Rupa Goswami, he explains what he is thinking when he's chanting the holy name. Haridas Thakur has given us that these two syllables, Krishna, when I chant them, I desire many, many tongues. And when those two syllables enter my ears, I desire millions and millions, countless millions of ears. And when it enters my heart, I'm conquered. Two syllables, Krishna. What do we feel? When Krishna steals your heart, that's what you feel when you chant Krishna's names. 
So let us briefly explore this wonderful pastime that we're celebrating today. Govardhan Puja. Here in the forest of Brindaban, <clears throat> Krishna and Balaram, they were herding their cows. And one day they saw elaborate preparations were being made for a big festival. <clears throat> it was a sacrifice. Because in, in spiritual circles we find that festivals are built around sacrifice. <laughs> They're not built around us enjoying. Sacrifice, yagyai sankirtanapriyai. The greatest sacrifice in the age of Kali is the chanting of the holy name, Sankirtan. So we have Janamastami, we have Radhastami, we have Ramnomi, and we have um, <clears throat> Balaram Purnima, and Varahadvadasi, and Nityananda Trayodasi, and Gaur Purnima, and Govardhan Puja, and they're all festivals, but they're, they're based around sacrifice for Krishna. Everyone is centered in such a way for a higher purpose. So Nanda Maharaj, for many days, he and the cowherd men were organizing this incredible yajna. And it was very joyful. So Krishna asked Nanda Maharaj, what is this that you're doing? And why are you doing it? What is the purpose? And if this is a, it looks like a yajna, a sacrifice, who's it for? And what is it you really want to achieve by it? And Krishna said, you may think I'm just a seven-year-old little boy and I may not understand, but actually I'll understand. And I'm family, so there should be no secrets. Tell me everything. And Nanda Maharaj, very simple, he said, this is a tradition in our family. It is something that is coming from our scriptures that we are in a farm community, agriculture, taking care of cows. So our livelihood, our happiness, everything depends on rain. And Indra is the superintendent of rain. So our forefathers have always performed this yagya at this time every year to satisfy Indra. And Srila Prabhupada explains in this regard how <laughs> it's a form of karmakanda or religion to understand there's higher powers beyond our own and to humble ourselves before those higher powers and offer our gratitude. So Krishna, he told Nanda Maharaj, 
We don't have to worship Indra, because after all, you know, he's just a seven-year-old child talking to his father, who is very, very learned. He said, everything happens according to karma. If I do good things, I will get good things. If I do bad things, I will get bad things. In due course of time, everything comes back to us. A person is in a particular type of life with a particular destiny because of the previous activities that that person has done. So everything is happening by karma. You know this, I know this, we all know this. So Indra and all of these demigods, they are simply delivering what we have earned through our karma. They have no independence to give us anything different. So if we're doing very nice and we're worshiping the Brahmins and we're taking care of cows, then we have good karma, so Indra has to give us rain. But actually, who are we really dependent on? We're dependent on the blessings and the knowledge that's given to us by the Brahmins. We're depending on the blessings and the grace of the cows who's giving us milk. And we're depending on Govardhan Hill, who's giving fresh grasses to the cows and wonderful sweet waters to the cows and to all of us. So with the same paraphernalia that we are about to worship Indra, we should use all of it to worship the Brahmins, the cows, and Govardhan Hill. Now ultimately, Nanda Maharaj and the Brijabhasis they only wanted to make Krishna happy. Sarva dharman paritya mamekam sharanam braja ahantvam sarva bhavibhyo mukshayishamimasaja. Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, abandon all varieties of religion and dharma and all of these faiths and just surrender to me. I shall deliver you from all reactions, do not fear. And Srimad Bhagavatam begins from that place where Bhagavad Gita concludes, the Srimad Bhagavatam begins, begins with this complete surrender to Krishna. Dharma Prochita Kaitavatra. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu prayed, Nadanam na janam na sundarim kavitam vajagadisha kamaye mama janmani janmani shwari bhavatad bhakti rohoi tikitvai. This is the prayer of a devotee. I do not want wealth, I do not want the opposite sex and the pleasures of the senses. I do not want fame. I do not want scholarship. I do not want followers. I do not want mystic perfections. I don't even want to be liberated from suffering. I only want to serve you, my Lord. I only want to please you, my Lord, in whatever situation you put me. 
Haridas Thakur during the Mahaprakash Leela in Srinavadvip, when he was offered any benediction, any benediction he could want. He only wanted, let me be the insignificant servant of the servant of your servants. Let me always remember you in the association of your devotees as the servant. Even if you make me a dog or an insect outside the house of your devotee where I could get the remnants of their food to honor them. And then Haridas Thakur became embarrassed. Who am I to ask for something so exalted as this? To the degree we start emulating and valuing what Haridas Thakur is asking for is how we actually become true Vaishnavas. Krishna is the source of everything. Aham sarvasya prabhupamata sarvam prabhartate. Devarshya nirnam pitrinam bhutanam. The Bhagavatam tells that when we, when we surrender to Mukunda, we completely fulfill all our obligations to the demigods and to the rishis and to everyone else because it's like watering the root of the tree. Every part of the tree is satisfied. So Krishna, he's telling Nanda Maharaj, he's not even telling Nanda Maharaj, worship me. He's saying, worship the Brahmins, worship the cows, and worship Govardhan Hill because they are so dear to me. That's how Krishna teaches us to worship him, to worship that which is most dear to him. So ultimately, the Brijabhasis, they just wanted to make Krishna happy. Nothing else had any value whatsoever. So they said, all right, we will do whatever you say. Tell us what to do. And Krishna gave wonderful instructions. He said, make mountains and mountains of delicious foods, anakut. Mountains of rice and sweets and dal and... He named so many preparations, and in the Krishna book, Srila Prabhupada names even more preparations. And lakes of Paramana. And we will offer it all to Govardhan. And then after it's all offered, we should feed everyone. We'll feed the Brahmins. We'll feed every single living being, including the dogs and those who eat dogs. Everyone should be fully satisfied. No discrimination with Giriraj's prasad. And we should offer very fresh, delicious grass to the cows to make them happy. So they, according to Krishna's instructions, he was the acharya of the yajna. 
how they cooked how many gigantic mountains some of our acharyas describe describe in some details what type of mountains of bhoga they made and they offered it all to shikiraj govardhan a mountain and they pleased the cows with fresh grasses and they pleased the brahmans and after all of this was done they circumambulated parikrama of govardhan hill and it was so joyful as they were doing the parikrama um they were dancing they were singing krishna was so happy everyone was so happy it was the most beautiful festival everyone was just so it was millions of times more blissful than the indra puja ever was it was sheer ecstasy can you imagine krishna and balaram are playing with the cowherd boys running around govardhan hill and dancing and joking and the gopis are a little distance just gazing upon him and nandan yashoda there with the cowherd men and the gopas and all the way around govardhan hill such a festival and when it was done then something extraordinary happened Krishna manifested himself as Govardhan Hill. He was a little cowherd boy standing with the with the bridge bossies, and he expanded himself to a gigantic form that was standing on top of Govardhan Hill and was as big as Govardhan Hill itself. And that gigantic form. who was krishna and everyone could see said i am govardhan hill and little krishna bowed down to him along with balaram and all the vrijabasis bowed down and then this form of giriraj this like this transcendental enormous mountain form he manifested many arms and was personally taking every single preparation that everyone made and was eating it in his huge mouth all the mountains all the lakes all the rivers of prasad he was eating and nanda maharaj and other gopis they were making these huge mountains and other people were just making little preparations and his wherever there was a preparation even as far as nandagram his hands were going and taking that preparation and putting it in his mouth and even some people they were just meditating and meditation on making a preparation and for krishna he accepts our bhakti with his hands he was going into the heart of that devotee and taking that preparation and putting it in his mouth bhavagrahi he's always seeking the love of his devotee 
And according to the story, he ate everything in just a matter of minutes. And he wanted more. What were the words he used to call for more? Anior means more. <laughs> he cried out, Anior, give me more, but there was nothing else. They gave him every bit of food that there was. But Krishna knows what he likes. So by Krishna's direction, just by offering a tulsi leaf with pure devotion, he was satisfied. And in this way, the Govardhan festival was celebrated. And all the cows were eating and eating and eating and all the Brahmins were eating and all the, everyone was so happy. And Krishna, after he ate everything, he manifested everything again, just as it was before he ate it. It disappeared and then it reappeared and it was all Mahaprasad. Everyone was totally ecstatic, except Indra. <laughs> he took this as a serious insult. And Indra's a great devotee. Sometimes, you know, if if a devotee has some anartas, this could happen. He was a devotee. You don't become Indra, where all the other, so many of the demigods are under your jurisdiction. And in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Brihad Bhagavatam Rita, in so many scriptures, we find the Puranas, Indra performs yajna in Indra Loka, and Vishnu comes. He actually comes physically to give his blessings, to accept the offerings. Indra's a very great soul. But when Krishna wants to teach a lesson, sometimes he teaches lessons through very great persons. It's like Srila Prabhupada explains in the battle of Kurukshetra, there was Bhishma. Bhishma was, he's a Mahajan. He's one of the greatest authorities of, of, of the perfection of life among the Vaishnavas. Why did Bhishma fight against the Pandavas? To defend Duryodhana, who is the personification of envy. Why? And there are so many technical reasons and sociological reasons and philosophical reasons, but Srila Prabhupada goes right to the essence. He said, because Bhishma was the most powerful warrior in the universe. And Krishna wanted to show even someone as powerful as him will eventually be defeated if he takes a side against God. So Bhishma was winning the battle for so long, but ultimately Bhishma understood Krishna's will. 
He was willing to be misunderstood for all time to come, if that's how I could best serve Krishna. Krishna wants to make me an example in this way? All right. I'll fight for Duryodhana. I'll be killed. <laughs> I can't win against Krishna. I'm happy to be killed. I'm happy to be disgraced. But Krishna, I'm yours. Such a surrender. <laughs> so Indra, he's not a Mahajan. He's a devotee, but he has, he's a karma, karma mishra bhakta. He has so many material desires. So Krishna understood that my devotee, he has too much false pride. This Indra, he has so much wealth, he has so much beauty all around him, he has so much power, so much fame. He's fallen into the trap of false pride. And where there's false pride, it spoils our devotion. So Krishna was thinking, I must, I must crush that pride. So this was one of the reasons why Krishna convinced the Brijabhasis to do Govardhan Puja. And of course, the other reason is because it would be the most beautiful pastime that ever existed among all of his Vrindavan pastimes. So Indra was furious. Indra was one of the people who was at the shore of the ocean of milk praying for Vishnu to come. And Krishna came <laughs> in fulfillment of his prayers and others. But Krishna was just such an ordinary little boy, apparently, that even Indra became very confused. Who is this talkative tiny little seven-year-old boy spoiling the puja that's meant for me. I've been receiving this puja every year for generations and now he's changed everything? This is an insult. He was furious. He was furious with Nanda Maharaj for listening to this little boy. And from Krishna's perspective, Nanda Maharaj is his eternal associate who has descended from Goloka Vrindavan. He's a Nitya Satya eternally liberated person. Vatsalya Ras is so much, its, it's origin is Yashoda and Nanda in its fullness. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu cited a beautiful verse that. <coughs> I am not so concerned with the, being afraid or worshipping uh, so many of the great scriptures or the great sages. I just want to worship Nanda Maharaj. 
because the absolute truth, the Parabrahman, is crawling in his courtyard as an ordinary little simple sweet boy. So Krishna, Indra should be worshipping Nanda Maharaj. What is this Nanda, Indra accepting worship from Nanda Maharaj? I have to teach Indra a good lesson. Nanda Maharaj was so humble. He was offering respect to everyone. <laughs> That's the way great Vaishnavas are. So Indra totally lost his intelligence. He considered Krishna, who is his worshipable Lord, as nothing but a little child, mixed up and ignorant. And when you have great power, the tendency is to use it. Indra didn't just come down and chastise Krishna. Indra called for the Samvartaka clouds. These are the clouds that destroy the universe at certain intervals of destruction. They flood the earth. And he called those clouds and told them to go to Vrindavan and totally devastate. So the mightiest of all storms started brewing here in Vrindavan. Everyone was at the happiest moment. They had just done Indra, they had just done Govardhan Puja. They just made Krishna happy. Krishna just appeared as Govardhan Hill. They all just ate to their full satisfaction and fed everyone to the satisfaction. The cows were happy, the Brahmins were happy. Giriraj was in ecstasy. And suddenly, dark clouds began to form very fast in the sky. And there was the rumbling of thunder. And lightning bolts started flashing in the sky again and again and again. Suddenly, winds started blowing and torrents of rain. No one had ever seen rain like this before in Vrindavan. It wasn't raining in drops. It was raining in pillars. It was like a massive waterfall coming from the sky. And it was really cold. And the winds were really blowing. And the thunder was unbearable. And the cows, the cows were being smashed by these heavy rains and winds. And the cows with the, under their necks, they have that loose skin. They were covering the heads of their little calves with that loose skin, trying to protect their calves. The cows weren't even trying to protect themselves. They were more concerned with protecting their little calves. And they were standing there with, with their, covering their calves, crying and trembling 
in the cold, getting smashed by the rains and the bulls. The rain was coming crashing down and it started becoming hail. Ice balls falling from the sky, bouncing off the horns and the hump in the back of the bulls and the bulls just looked up. <laughs> they're, they're doing it back there. Here. And the Brijabasis, they were helpless. Although Krishna was just their little child who they were always trying to protect in every situation, when they were in a helpless position, they took shelter of Krishna. But interesting, they took shelter of Krishna so that they could serve Krishna. <laughs> They knew how Krishna loved Brindavan. If Brindavan is destroyed, then Krishna will not have Brindavan to enjoy. And Krishna loved all the cows, and he loved all the bulls, and he loved all the calves, and he loved all the parrots, and he loved all the peacocks, and he loved all the Brijabhasis. And if everything's destroyed, then Krishna won't have us to play with. So they were taking shelter of Krishna so that they could get happiness to Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Mahabaho. They approached by bringing the cows and calves in front and said, Krishna, see how the cows and the calves are suffering because Indra is so angry with what we've done. Please save us. And Krishna smiled. And he was thinking in his mind, now I will teach Indra a good lesson. Indra's pride. See how merciful Krishna is. To curb Indra's pride, Krishna had the Brijabhasis offer his puja to Govardhan Hill. That's supposed to curb his pride. But the medicine made him even worse. Instead of, oh, you know, my beloved Lord is having him do like this, he decided to destroy them all. So Krishna, he said, Govardhan Hill was so pleased with our offerings for him that he will surely protect us. And then Lord Sri Krishna effortlessly, like a little child, picks up a mushroom. He lifted Govardhan Hill. He did it effortlessly. But as he was doing, it made a enormous roaring sound because he was literally lifting a hill from the earth. And it is described that some of the earth from Govardhan Hill was falling all around the edges to make a boundary wall around it so the water would not come in. And Krishna held with his left hand 
the Govardhan hill over his head. And then he called all the Brijabhasis. You see, Giriraj, the king of mountains, Govardhan, is so pleased with us. Now he's become a giant umbrella. Bring everything that is valuable to you and bring your families and bring your pets and your cows and let us have a festival under Govardhan Hill. And everyone was so happy. They saw underneath Govardhan Hill this enormous valley. It was so beautiful. It just had everything. And instantly everyone came running under Govardhan Hill. And there was Krishna standing in his form of Giddy Dhari, Giddy Varadhari. And everyone gazed upon Krishna. And Krishna gazed upon everyone. In fact, Every animal, every gopa, every gopi, everyone that was under the hill, they could feel that Krishna's only looking at me. How merciful is Krishna? He's Rasa Bihari. He's Rasa Raj. He's the king of loving mellows. He has a chintya shakti, he's unlimited. His sweetness to attract our hearts is unlimited. And his capacity to show love for everyone in an intimate, personal, individual way is unlimited. Nanda Maharaj had 900,000 cows, and all those cows were there. And each one, Krishna's only looking at me, and every gopa and every gopi. And they're all reciprocating with Krishna to their fullest heart's content, simply through their glancing upon each other, their gazing at each other. All the Brahmins of Brajabhumi, they all came to bless Krishna. <laughs> Wherever they were standing, they were showering blessings upon Krishna, as if Krishna was depending on their blessings. And they were feeling that way because that's the way Krishna wanted them to feel. And the gopas, the cowherd boys, they were just, they were joking with Krishna and laughing with Krishna and talking so many things with Krishna, dancing and playing tricks for Krishna. And the young gopis, Sri Radharani and her associates, they were simply gazing at Krishna. And as they were gazing at Krishna standing in his beautiful threefold bending form of Giridhari holding Govardhan Hill, 
Krishna, his love, his heart entered through his eyes into their eyes, into the core of their heart. And there they were embracing in the most intimate and sweet, loving way. Meanwhile, Yashoda Mai, her love was, she was in anxiety seeing Krishna standing there all alone holding a mountain. Krishna's little cowherd boyfriend, Madhu Mangal, also known as Batu. He said, Krishna, don't be at all troubled by holding Govardhan Hill because by the power of my Brahminical mantras that I'm chanting, I am giving you the strength to hold up Govardhan Hill. <laughs> and Yashoda Mai, she said, my darling, Gopal, why did you do that? You're so restless. You're so, um, so much making trouble. Indra's a great demigod. We have been worshiping him on this day year after year after year. Why don't you even honor the demigods? Now, because you have done this, look at what is happening. Krishna, you're so ignorant. And Krishna smiled. Madhu Mangal, he said, Yashodamai, why are you saying like this? If it wasn't for Krishna doing this to Indra, we would not be having the ecstatic happiness of seeing Krishna's lifting Govardhan Hill in this beautiful form. Indra is simply insignificant compared to your son, Krishna. And um, Yashoda Mai, she, she sang that my, my, my Gopal's hand is so soft like butter, and Govardhan Hill is so hard and so heavy. How could he be holding it for so long without feeling pain? And she prayed that Giriraj Govardhan, if ever I have done anything that has given you pleasure, I pray for only one benediction that while you're resting on the hand of my child, that you feel very soft and light like cotton. And Krishna told Yashoda Mai, he said, he said, Mother, why are you worried? It, I'm just playing lifting Govardhan Hill. It's fun, really. Because Govardhan was pleased with us, he's floating on my hand. I'm not making any efforts. And mother said, how could this big, hard mountain be so light? If what you're saying is true, then let me see Govardhan 
rise above your finger and float in the sky on its own. In this way, Mother Yashoda, she was massaging Krishna's arm, <laughs> kissing his hand. Throughout, throughout those days, she was trying to give him food. And Krishna, with the little finger of his left hand, was holding Govardhan Hill. And this was very special. Because in Brindama, nobody got to be with Krishna 24 hours a day, every day. Sometimes they were, some, the, the gopas were with him in the daytime, going in the pastures and the forests with the cows, but then at night they were in separation. And the gopis during the day when they wouldn't be seeing Krishna, they would be in separation. And the elderly gopas as well. But now, during the Govardhan Leela, everyone, everyone is gathered around Krishna. Everyone's to their fullest heart's content is reciprocating loving exchanges with Krishna simultaneously, non-stop, throughout the day, throughout the night, day after day after day. Krishna, while holding Govardhan Hill with his left hand, with his right hand, he took his flute and put it to his lips, played his flute. And as he was playing his flute, such beautiful music, and each devotee, Krishna's playing his flute just for them. Madhu Mangal, his friend, who always pleased Krishna with his jokes. He said, Krishna, please stop playing your flute because we have seen the effects of your flute. It brings such ecstasy to all moving and unmoving beings that stones and immovable objects They tremble and melt, and movable objects become completely paralyzed and stunned in love. So you're playing your flute so sweetly, Giriraj might go into ecstasy and fall off your finger, or worse than that, he might melt, and then he will be the cause of our destruction. Well, then they were discussing amongst themselves. Giriraj would not do that. He's a very grave person. <laughs> In this way, Krishna, playing his flute, standing under Govardhan Hill, most supremely beautiful sight, such a darshan.
In fact, it's this supremely beautiful darshan of Giriraj who's reciprocating with every devotee according to their rasa, according to their natural relationship with him in the fullest way. Those in Shantaras, they're just there with Krishna and Krishna's there with them. Raktak and the other servants of Krishna, they were there doing every type of little servants. Those in Sakiras, they're joking, they're dancing, they're playing with Krishna as he's standing there. And all the, it's all just through smiles and glances. Those in Vatsalyaras are fully having exchanges with Krishna and the gopis. Just by Krishna's lifting his eyebrows or glancing and they're glancing at him, they're having the fullest, intimate, sweetest, loving exchanges. For seven days and seven nights. It was the festival of all festivals. Sripad Madhavendra Puri, when he was at Govardhan, a little cowherd boy came to him at Govinda Kund and gave him some milk to drink. And later on, that little cowherd boy appeared to him in a dream and told him, I am the lifter of Govardhan Hill, and I've been waiting for you for a long, long time. Vajranab, the great grandson of Krishna, long before had installed this form of Krishna as Giriraj on the top of Govardhan Hill. And that form, who is today known as Srinathji, he appeared to Madhavendra Puri. And all Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all the Goswamis, what great ecstatic emotion they felt when they had the darshan of Giriraj. Krishna standing in his threefold bending Giridhar form, completely made a festival of love. Outside, the sambartic of clouds were crashing rain and crashing thunder. There were cyclones, hurricanes, tornadoes, typhoons. <laughs> there was massive hail, massive rain like nobody has ever seen. Such a storm. And the lightning. There was continuous massive lightning bolts crashing against Govardhan Hill. And underneath the hill, there was another storm. There was, a, there was a blue cloud in the form of Krishna, Shamsundar. And there was a rainbow in the form of his peacock feather. And there was lightning in the form of the glances of Krishna and the gopis' exchanges with each other. And there was a massive rainstorm in the form of the love that Krishna was completely inundating every Brijabasi's heart with. 
the Samvartaka clouds, they really tried their best, but they were totally exhausted. They couldn't touch a simple Brijabhasi. They went and told Indra what the situation was, and he became even more indignant, more angry. He was outraged. He said, go back. They said, but Krishna's, Krishna's holding Govardhan Hill up, and it's like an umbrella. We can't get a drop of water inside. Indra said, then with all your winds and all your thunderbolts and all your strengths and your rains, you caused that Govardhan Hill to fall and crush the Brijabhasis. Or at least blow it away from Krishna's finger. Can you imagine the greatest storms, the greatest winds that the world has ever seen, and Krishna's balancing it with one, the tip of a finger? So on Indra's instigation, they came back and it was tumultuous sounds of with all of their powers, with all of the potency that destroys the universe. They couldn't remove the hill from Krishna's finger. When Krishna wants to humble someone, He could be so thorough. For seven days and nights, they couldn't do anything. Indra himself was so angry. He came with Airavata and with all of his personal powers, along with the Sambhartak and all the other winds and all of the other devas of, the, of, of storms. They were all together. In those seven days, they could not disconnect a single leaf from all the tens and millions of trees on Govardhan Hill. They could not uproot a single blade of grass. They could not move from one place to another a single grain of dust. How is that possible? <laughs> and they were pounding Giriraj with thunderbolts and winds and rains and hails. And Giriraj just kept getting brighter and brighter and brighter. It was like an Abhishek. <laughs> because Giriraj felt the finger of Krishna touching him. And the ecstasy of the, of, of, of the experience of Krishna touching him with one finger was so great that everything Indra was doing on top, he didn't even notice. Krishna was revealing such beauty and such love, and he was touching him, 
Govardhan was totally in ecstasy. And even the animals that were on the top of the hill that didn't come under, they were not the slightest bit disturbed by all the storms. Because Krishna was touching Govardhan Hill. Indra just kept trying. And meanwhile, Krishna's standing and he's smiling. And Yashoda Mai keeps massaging his arm and trying to give him nice food in his mouth. And he's take, he, after he finishes, he plays his flute again. Everything is so sweet under the hill. And at one time, Kavikarnapur describes Sri Radharani glanced upon Krishna in a certain way that Krishna went into such a state of ecstasy that he trembled. And when he trembled, Govardhan Hill started trembling. And the elderly cowherd men, they were very much um, afraid. Krishna must be getting tired. <laughs> so they all got their cowherd sticks. And thousands and thousands of cowherd men started putting the sticks under Govardhan Hill and pushing as hard as they can, thinking that they are holding up Govardhan Hill. And Madhu Mangal, he said, what do you foolish people, you cowherd men, don't, don't you know that Krishna doesn't need your help? My friend Krishna is the brother of Balaram. He does not need anyone's help. The only reason everything's trembling is like this is because of Srimati Radharani glanced upon him in such a way that it was like a shower of nectar. And Krishna told Madhu Mangal, why are you disturbing them? It is their fatherly affection to me that they're trying to help me. This is the way they're showing love. Don't interfere. Let them think that they're holding up the hill. But then Krishna, as he was holding and they had their sticks. Krishna just tilted a little and tilted the hill a little tiny bit and they all fell down and then he put it back up. Such a leela. The cows and the calves gazing upon Krishna. Nobody ever wanted the rain to stop. But when the Sambartaka clouds just told Indra, we're finished. <laughs> we tried our best to surrender to you. We are finished. We're going. And Indra, he became totally exhausted. And he could not cause the slightest disturbance. The more he stormed on Govardhan Hill, the brighter and more ecstatic Govardhan Hill looked. 
And finally, the great Indra, when his false ego was crushed into a very fine powder. Then he remembered Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> He's Vishnu. He's the source of Vishnu. He's the beloved. He's the intelligence, the intelligence, the strength of the strong. He's the ability in everyone. I'm, I'm, his, I'm his eternal servant. What have I done? I've not only tried to destroy him, I've tried to destroy all the Brijabhasi community. I've tried to destroy Brindavan, his eternal abode. How foolish, how ignorant, how stupid I am. And then... He, he just became so ashamed and filled with guilt and fear. He went home. <laughs> he went to his room. <laughs> In depression. <laughs> After he left, the storm stopped, the sun rose, and everything was beautiful. And Krishna told, now the storm is gone, everyone could return to your homes. Nobody wanted to go. <laughs> but it was Krishna's will that they go. So for Krishna's satisfaction, they all happily went back to their abodes. And incredibly, everything around Govardhan Hill was, was being deluged by storms. It was only under Govardhan Hill, nothing. And Krishna had his Sudarshan chakra was doing seva by drying up the whole area right around the parikrama of Govardhan. But when everyone went home, all their houses were just like before. By Krishna's grace. And all the cowherd boys were laughing and then they were dancing. And they brought the cows but then the cows, as they just left under the umbrella of Govardhan, they looked back at Krishna standing in his Giridhari darshan, and they came running back. They just could not give up his association. For those seven days and seven nights, Krishna's fragrance, Krishna's smiles, Krishna's glances, Krishna's humor, Krishna's flute. He completely, totally, absolutely flooded every Brijabhasi's heart with his love. That is Govardhan Leela. So Krishna with his with his glance, 
he herded the cows outside of Govardhan umbrella. And then when everyone was gone, Krishna very effortlessly, just smiling, how he did it. Who could understand? Today, Govardhan Hill is 21 kilometers parikrama, approximately 14 miles. And at the time of Krishna, it was much, much bigger. At the time of Krishna, the peaks of Govardhan was in the clouds. So Krishna, very playfully, he just put Govardhan Hill back on the ground just exactly the way it was before. And when he came out from there, Balaram was waiting for him. Balaram, who saw the loving exchanges that Krishna just had for these seven days and nights. He was so happy. And at the same time, having an elderly brotherly affection, he saw how Krishna was holding that hill for so long. Balaram was weeping tears of love and embraced Krishna. And Krishna embraced Balaram. And Yashoda Mai, again, she started massaging Krishna's arm and kissing his hand, trying to make it feel better. Rohini was offering artis to Krishna. Nanda Maharaj was blessing Krishna. All the Brahmins were coming and doing special mantras for Krishna's protection. <laughs> and gopis from a distance we're simply gazing upon Krishna and feeling Krishna's complete love in their hearts. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Indra's bedroom, <laughs> he's beside himself such guilt, such grief, such fear, such total disappointment. How could I have done that? What am I going to do? He was bewildered. He approached his guru, Brihaspati. Brihaspati, as Krishna's representative, his guru, <laughs> when he saw Indra, Indra needed some solace. He needed some comforting. He needed some hope. He was in a totally hopeless state. And the first thing Brihaspati said to Indra is, you are an ignorant fool. <laughs> I know. I know I'm an ignorant fool. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Brihaspati said, Krishna is 
the source of Vishnu. He's the Lord of all the demigods. He's your eternal father. He's the master of all living beings. Brindaban is his eternal most beloved abode. And you spent all this time with all of your energy and powers trying to destroy it? You are a fool. Indra said, well, you're my guru, so please help me. Prihaspati <laughs> said, you should go to Lord Brahma. This is beyond me. So he went to Brahma. Indra's not an ordinary person. He went to Brahma Loka. And he he bows down before Brahma in total desperation with all of his thousand eyes. He's weeping and crying in shame and said, Brahma, please help me. And Brahma's first words were, Indra, you are an ignorant fool. <laughs> what have you done? Krishna tells in Gita, that when contemplating the object of the senses, one develops attachment for them, and from such attachment, lust arises, and from lust, when it's unfulfilled, anger, kama, kama krodha. And from this krodha, this anger, one's memory is bewildered, one's intelligence is lost, and then one falls down into this material condition. Indra really personified that. So he took shelter of Lord Brahma. And Brahma told him that because not only did you offend Krishna, but you had such terrible motives to harm those who Krishna loves the most, his mother, his father, his beloved gopis, his cows, his calves, his bulls, his brindaban. Krishna loves brindaban because brindaban is the manifestation of his own ladini shakti. He said, you cannot approach Krishna directly. But if a beloved devotee of Krishna prays on your behalf, then Krishna will hear your prayers. Namo brahmanya devaya go brahmani hitaya cha. Krishna loves cows. He's Govinda, he's Gopal. His planet is Goloka. The hill is Govardhan, nourishing the cows. So you should go to Surabi, the mother of the cows. And with all sincerity and genuine feelings and intent, you should take shelter of Surabi. 
And if she sees you're sincere, then she will approach Krishna. So Indra, the king of the Swargaloka, so majestic. He has such in, incredible palaces, incredible powers, incredible fame. And he goes before a cow and he bows down and begs her, please help me. And mother cow, yes, let us go to Vrindavan. Suravi takes Indra and she knows Krishna's heart and Krishna knows Suravi's heart. On that particular day, Krishna was herding the cows with the gopas. Sridama, Subal, Stoka Krishna, Arjun, Madhumangal, all these different gopas. Krishna went away from them and went to a secluded place in the forest near Govardhan Hill. because he knew it would be too difficult for Indra to come and beg forgiveness when there were others around. So Krishna, out of his mercy, went to a private place. He was just standing all alone. So Rabbi took him there that place where this wonderful Leela was performed is today called Surabhi Kund. It's part of the Govardhan Parikrama. It was there that Surabhi, she approached Krishna and he was so happy to see her. And she, she praised Govinda out of your love for all of the cows. You're always giving them pleasure, always giving them protection, always giving them your heart. And I, the mother of the cows, am so forever grateful to you. But behind me is Indra. He made such serious mistakes. He's repentant. He's honestly and earnestly repentant. Please forgive him and give him your shelter. When Surabi made that appeal, Krishna, he accepted Indra. Indra came, he was very, very very timid, very shy. He prostrated himself in the dust of Brajbhumi at Krishna's lotus feet. And for a long time, he was crying and crying until Krishna lifted him up and he offered beautiful prayers. And in his prayers, 
He not only extolled Krishna as being the supreme truth, the cause of everything, and the all-merciful friend of every living being, but he prayed to Krishna to forgive him. And Krishna forgave him, as if nothing happened. Because he crushed his pride. Indra came before him humble like a blade of grass. Through the mercy of Surabhi. It's interesting because this is an eternal principle. Jagai and Madhai. They were so demoniac. In their previous births, they were Hiranyaksha, Hiranyakashipu, Ravana, Kumbhakarna, Shishupal, Dantavakra. They were killing cows and eating them and drinking their blood. They were killing Brahmins. They were raping. They were lighting people's houses on fire. Madhai even took a pot and smashed Nityananda Prabhu on the head and made him bleed. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came with eyes glowing in anger and called for his Sudarshan Chakra. When Jagai and Madhai saw Lord Chaitanya standing with the Sudarshan Chakra, blazing and readying to destroy them, they became humble. <laughs> but what could they do? Nityananda Prabhu, the devotee. Nityananda Prabhu prayed to Lord Chaitanya, please be merciful upon them. We have descended into this world to bestow mercy upon the most fallen persons. Everyone in this age of Kali is more or less like Jagai and Madhai. We have not come to kill the bodies of people. We have come to free them, to liberate them from the demoniac propensities within their minds and give them pure prema, ecstatic love. That's why we came, my Lord. Jagai, Jagai tried to stop Madai from hitting me a second time. And when Lord Nityananda said that, Lord Chaitanya became very happy. He said, Jagai, you protected my devotee. And then he manifested his forearm form of Narayan. And Jagai fell to the ground unconscious, and Lord Chaitanya put his foot on Jagai's heart. And Jagai was, he was, he was in ecstasy of love. And Madai saw this, and he said to Lord Chaitanya, he said, 
whatever, whatever I've ever done, he's done, and whatever he's done, I've done. So if you're going to give him this ecstatic happiness, give it to me too. And Lord Chaitanya said, no, for you, you will be destroyed. You have hurt Nityananda. And it wasn't until Nityananda Prabhu, he held back Lord Chaitanya and said, actually, it didn't even hurt. Actually, I think it was an accident that he hit me. <laughs> Please give him your mercy. And Madhai prayed for mercy. And because Nityananda Prabhu, like Surabhi, prayed for the Lord to forgive them and give mercy. The Lord gave his complete mercy. In fact, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said to Nityananda Prabhu, if you give them your complete mercy, and he said to Madai, if you take shelter of Nityananda Prabhu and he forgives you, then you are saved. And Madhai went to fall at Lord Nityananda's feet. A few minutes before he was trying to kill him, he was blaspheming him. And Nityananda Prabhu picked him up and embraced him and said, my Lord, I am offering him to you. And Lord Chaitanya embraced them. He accepted them. He brought them back to Srivasangam to have kirtan. And during the kirtan, they were all dancing. And Jagai and Madhai became eternal loving associates with all the other devotees. How was it possible? Because Lord Nityananda Prabhu, he prayed for the Lord to accept them. Nityananda Prabhu is the original guru. One time, some devotees asked our beloved Guru Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada, what is our qualification to receive Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy? What did Srila Prabhupada come to give us? The essence and the perfection of all religion is love of God. The supreme dharma is that which nourishes and awakens prema, pure love for the supreme personality of Godhead. Such love must be unmotivated by selfishness, by egoism, and uninterrupted by any ever-changing situation of this life, good times or hard times. Honor, dishonor, pleasure, pain, health, disease. When our service to the Lord is uninterrupted and unmotivated, that is true love. That is real dharma. 
Srimad Bhagavatam from the very beginning establishes this dharma. And we learn about it through nine cantos, and then when we come to tenth canto, the crescendo, the summum bonum, the essence of the highest revelation of prem or pure love is revealed in the simplicity of Vrindavan. Where, they, where the Vrindavasis, they love Krishna so much, they don't even care if he's God or not. And Krishna loves the Vrindavasis so much, it doesn't even matter to him whether he's God or not. Krishna's controlled by the love of the devotees and the devotees are controlled by Krishna's love and the love is so sweet. Only in Vrindavan that Krishna fully, fully reciprocates as a friend, Sakyaras, like equals. Krishna will wrestle with his friends and the friends will defeat Krishna and Krishna will be more happy. Krishna could defeat anybody but he takes more pleasure being defeated because it makes his friends happy and his friends are only happy because it makes Krishna happy. Love. They joke, they play, they exchange food, eat from each other's plates, such friendship. And Batsalya Bhav, or Nanda Maharaj, Krishna will pick up his wooden sandals and bring them to him and pretend, not even pretend, he'll actually be acting in such a way and feeling it as well that the shoes are very heavy and he's doing such hard work to make Nanda Maharaj happy. And Yashoda Mai is thinking, if I do not feed him, he, get, he may get sick, he may, not, he may even die, and he's eating dirt. <laughs> Sukadev Goswami describes that Rohini and Yashoda were constantly feeling the supreme ecstasy of total anxiety in their love for Krishna. And Srimati Radharani and the Brajagopis Krishna tells that your love for me is so pure and so sweet that even in an entire lifetime of Brahma, I could never repay you. He's not saying, he's feeling. The Brijabhasis, in their simplicity, are totally humble and they just love Krishna because he's revealing to them such sweetness and such intimacy and love. Srila Prabhupada came to give us that 
So devotees asked, what is our qualification to be receiving the path to Brindaman? And Srila Prabhupada, totally honest, totally humble, spoke the truth. He said, you have no qualification. I have made your qualifications. As Surabi made the qualification for Indra to approach Krishna. As Nityananda Prabhu made the qualifications for Jagai and Madhai to get Prema Bhakti from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And during the during the kirtan at Srivasangam, they were all dancing together, and they, Jagai and Madhai was bumping into Gadadhar Pandit and Adwaita Chari and Haridas Thakur, and they were all just dancing. They were brothers, and they were brothers together. And at one time, Lord Chaitanya, he turned very dark color. And he asked Adwaita Prabhu, what are you seeing? And Adwaita said, you look like Krishna. <laughs> Shamsundar. And Lord Chaitanya said, I want all the world to know this. That all the sins of Jagai and Madai I have taken in my body. Now there's no more sins in them. They are completely pure. Now if you want these sins to go away from my body, chant the holy names very loudly. So the devotees in Srivasangam were chanting very loudly, millions of times louder than you. chanting with such pure ecstatic love and then all the darkness came out of Lord Chaitanya's body and he said where is all the sins of Jagai and Made going wherever anyone offends my devotees that's where these sins will go so we should be very careful And Jagai and Madhai, if you go to Katwa on the bank of Mother Ganga, the Samadhi of Madhai is there today. And for over 450 years, saints and sages and great Vaishnavas, Mahabhagavats have gone there to pray for the mercy of Madhai. So if we want Lord Chaitanya's mercy, if we want Krishna's mercy, Srila Prabhupada made our qualifications. 
to please him, to make him happy, is more important than learning 10 million verses. More important than building 10 million temples. More important than winning any kind of awards or having any number of followers. Prabhupada gave his life for us, each one of us. And Krishna is so, so intimately grateful that if we please Prabhupada, how Krishna will bless us. So this is the story of Surabhi Kund. Surabhi begged Krishna, please forgive Indra and give him your mercy. But then Indra had to also, it's not that Prabhupada will pray for us, but then we have to actually surrender too. <laughs> and Krishna forgave Indra. He blessed Indra. He crushed Indra's pride, but at the same time, simultaneously, in the process, Krishna had the most wonderful pastime <coughs> of pure ecstatic love with all of his devotees for seven days and seven nights. And Krishna established forever how dear Govardhan Hill is to him and how he is Govardhan. And he established how dear the Brahmins, Brahmins means Vaishnavas who are giving true knowledge of Prema Bhakti, how dear those and how dear the cows are to him. And in this beautiful pastime, which was one of the favorites of devotees forever, just by hearing it, studying it, meditating upon it, celebrating it, we have access into the pastime, into Vrindavan. So when Krishna bestowed his mercy on Indra, Indra wanted to show the world forever that he is subordinate to Krishna. He said, I want to have an Abhishekam and declare that you are my Indra. So Krishna accepted. Surabhi said to Krishna, we want to have this Abhishekam and we want to bathe you with milk and Indra will bathe you with the waters of the Mandakini Ganga from the heavenly worlds. And just for the pleasure of Surabhi, Krishna accepted the offering and all of the greatest of the devatas came for this. Brahma, Shiva, Vayu, Varuna, 
Agni, Yamaraj, all the great sages, all the great, the greatest people in the universe, they all came to make offerings to Krishna. They bathed him with limitless milk from the Kamadenu Surabi cows. Airavata brought pots of water from the heavenly Ganga. Varuna offered Krishna an umbrella. Vayu was fanning him with Chamara. Garuda was acting as his servant in every way. Aditi, she served the Lord as a mother. Parvati as a sister. And the place of that great Abhishek is Govinda Kund. And it was during that wonderful, wonderful ceremony for the pleasure of Surabi and the devotees, a voice came from the sky. And in the spiritual world of Goloka, you are eternally known as Govinda. And today we are proclaiming you here in Gokula to be Govinda. Govinda Kund. And Indra made such a wonderful festival from his side just to establish that he is the servant of the servant of Krishna for Krishna's pleasure. And this incredible Abhishek took place with all these great devatas and all these great sages and rishis. And the cowherd boys were just herding the cows close by. And after all the devatas left, the cowherd boys came and they saw this beautiful RT paraphernalia and all the beautiful, um, actually, Brahma was chanting prayers and Shiva did the last RT, Mahadev. It was a glorious festival. And the little cowherd boys, they just started playing themselves and, and offering the RTs. And Krishna was sitting on a stone of Govardhan Hill and Balaram came running and he sat next to them. And Sunanda Maharaj and Yashoda came and they were saying, what is all of this? And Sri Dhamma said, I don't really know. We just came and all this is here. And then Madhu Mangal saw what I saw, I don't, know how, I don't know how to explain it, but there was this person with a thousand eyes, all of them crying. He was bowing down before Gopal. And then there was a cow that was talking to Gopal. And then there was a person with four heads offering prayers. And then a person with five heads started offering prayers. And then a voice came from the sky and said, now, Brijabhasis, Nanda Maharaj, Yashoda, you should offer this worship of Krishna. We have made him the Lord of the heavens and the Lord of the universe. We have offered this festival. Now you offer this ceremony to make him the king of Braja. So the Brijabhasis were very happy, and they started offering artis, and they started doing chamaras, and they were playing, and they were singing. And when the demigods saw the Brijabhasis with such simplicity, they were just doing it in a playful, loving way. The devatas understood, compared to them, we have no devotion at all. The 
This is Brindavan. The cowherd men, they went to into assembly hall with Nanda Maharaj. In Krishna book, there's a wonderful chapter entitled, Wonderful Krishna. Where the cowherd men are asking Nanda Maharaj, who is your son? We are trying to understand. Here, Indra is using all the powers of the celestial realm to destroy Brindaban. And Krishna, seven-year-old little boy whose hand is so soft, he lifted Govardhan Hill effortlessly for seven days and seven nights. Who is he? Not only that, but when he was just a few days old, the Rakshashi Putana came to kill him. And just by sucking her breast, he liberated her. And then there was Sakatasura who came as a ghost into the cart. And Krishna just kicked with his little tiny foot, three months old. And then Trinavarta, the mighty whirlwind, Krishna just squeezed his neck. And then those twin Arjuna trees. They were so big, and Krishna just pulled them down. And then there was Batsasura, and Bakasura, and Agasura. Who is Krishna? We love him as our own child, but he has such powers. And, to, and, and just now he lifted Govardhan Hill. And Nanda Maharaj, he smiled, and he revealed a secret. And when Krishna was a small child, Gargamuni came to Gokul, and Nanda Maharaj asked him to secretly perform a name-giving ceremony. And at that time, Gargamuni said, your son has appeared in a red color, in a white color, in a golden color, now he's in a black color, he comes in every darkish color, he comes in every yuga just to establish true dharma, to attract to his beautiful pastimes. He told me that my son had the power of Lord Narayan. They were intellectually satisfied by hearing this. But as soon as Krishna would smile, as soon as Krishna just raised his eyebrow in affection or glanced upon them or laughed or did anything in his sweet lilas, they completely forgot that. Krishna's our child, our friend, our lover. And Krishna has appeared with all of those attributes to us in his holy names. When Srila Prabhupada asked us to chant and be happy, that's perhaps the deepest thing that has ever been spoken. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.
I was given a message of an announcement, but I lost it. <laughs> it's somewhere here. That's why we need gurus. <laughs> Adipo, this is the most wonderful announcement. We want to offer our sincerest gratitude to His Grace Panchagoda Prabhu and all of the staff of Krishna Balaram Temple of Iskan Brindavan for giving us every arrangement we have here for our yatra. His Holiness Gopal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, His Grace Devaki Nandan Prabhu. Um, who else are there? His Holiness Kadamba Kanana Maharaj, Sanak Sanatan Prabhu, Bhima Prabhu, Apanchagoda Prabhu, who is such a dear servant of Srila Prabhupada and all the Vaishnavas and such a dear friend. Um, when we decided last year to come to Brindaban, we were somewhat confused where to go because Fogla Ashram, where we usually go, was just not big enough and they changed things around so we couldn't really do it there. And there's quite a few people here. So, Iskan Krishna Balaram Temple, very blissfully opened their hearts and said, come to our Goshala. Sincerely, Panchagoda Prabhu, on behalf of all of these devotees, thank you very much. And I don't want to say names because I'm afraid I'll miss, which I will, but I'll try anyways. But we're so grateful that we have such exalted personalities with us. The leading pujari of Sri Nandagram, Ramesh Chandra Goswami Maharaj. <laughs> And we have 
We have Srila Prabhupada's personal assistant, Shutikirti Prabhu. One of the leaders here of Vrindavan, Ishwara Prabhu. And we have disciples of Srila Prabhupada, Samik Rishi Prabhu. Devotees who have given their hearts and souls, His Holiness Jananda Swami Maharaj. One of the world's most celebrated kirtan singers, Vyaski Prabhu. <laughs> the world's ultimate filmmaker, Yadubar Prabhu. <laughs> Legendary preacher of Bhakti Pritu Prabhu. Is this our God brother? What name? His grace, Shikshastakam Prabhu. Gentle, determined, sincere devotees, Nartaki Devi. And the very symbol of love and surrender, Mandakini Devi. Are there any others that I missed? Oh, His Holiness, one of my dear most friends, well-wishers, world preacher, and celebrated Vaishnava, His Holiness, Chandramali Swami. <laughs> To Prabhu, I'm so happy to see you after a long time. Was His Holiness Bhakti Vigyan Goswami Maharaj.
Very learned, fearless, incredible Vaishnava. <laughs>